I only watched The Crown for the first time when the Queen died. And we were doing what was called a wailing session, where basically we had to lie on top of each other and start like crying, like from our diaphragms. The guys had to kneel down and start sucking the fingers of the females and like properly like putting them in the mouth. All of this and more coming up on Drama School Dropout. Welcome back to another episode of Drama School Dropout, the UK's third best drama podcast. As per usual, my name is Ingram Noble and I am your resident Drama School Dropout. This week, it's episode 143 and I am joined by an absolutely amazing actor who you may know from his stint on Netflix's The Crown. Please welcome to the podcast, Sam Phillips. Drama School Dropout No graduation day Welcome to the podcast. How are we on this fine afternoon? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not going to go on too much like a Brit talking about the weather, but um, we were all hoping it would be spring right now, weren't we, Ingram? And quite frankly, having uh, snow, thick snow outside is not the one. Do you know, I, this is just going to show people that I'm recording in advance, but who cares? Uh, <laughs> I thought we were getting away with it in Glasgow and I was like, oh, it's not snowed in Scotland. Like my mum lives down near Brighton and she was like, it's snowed here. My dad lives in Newcastle and he was like, oh, it's snowed here. And I was like, we're getting away with this. Like, yeah. and it's Scotland. Like, this is weird as fuck. Like we haven't had any snow. You're about to tell me it's like 20 degrees up in. It snowed you're... last night. <laughs> Okay, that's good. That makes me feel a little bit better. Today's the one day that I've got to go out and I don't drive. And I was like, of course it's going to snow the day that I have to leave my gap and have to walk in it. Right, exactly. I actually am originally from Brighton. I'm up in London at the moment, my uh, my girlfriend's. But I am from Brighton. And going down to the beach the other day and taking a friend down there was the most traumatic experience <laughs> ever. Because it's like, they, they haven't been down there for years. And they're like, oh, great. We'll just, uh, you know, it, it'll be nice to be down by the sea get a bit of the uh, the spring vibes and it was like shitting freezing and we just ended up in like shivering in a cafe mm. and then he got depressed and then we just ended up going back to mine for a while so yesterday i was walking about in shorts and a t-shirt and today it's snowed come on shorts and a t-shirt it was warm here in glasgow yesterday that's insane i was like oh summer started early global warming <laughs> Yeah, you, you're a true Brit, Ingram. You're, you're like straight, as soon as it like goes above 10 degrees, it's like... It was up. like 14, 15 degrees. And then it snowed. <laughs> and then it snowed. <laughs> like we literally had sun and snow yesterday. But how's life? Because I'm aware we're sort of like, when I talk to people, I, I feel really cautious to say that we're out of a pandemic. But then I also feel cautious to say that we're in a pandemic. And it's been just a crazy couple of years. So how's life in general? Life's pretty good, man. Yeah. I mean, I am um, just before the pandemic work was pretty busy. It feels like such a long time ago. I mean, it's it's that weird one, isn't it? That we're sort of still in this, but it doesn't really get mentioned anymore. I was just saying to my girlfriend, it doesn't really get mentioned in the same way over the last few months. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it, the, the before the pandemic was 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 busy, and then obviously everything stopped. And actually, there was something quite nice about that. I know a lot of other friends have said this. I loved it. Yeah, me too. Obviously, bar all the horrendous yes, that happened what, in the world. We what are, I do like to say is just to preface this conversation, we're talking about our experiences and the devastation of the COVID uh, pandemic will never be lost on us. But genuinely, it gave me the time I needed to figure my fucking self out. Do you know what me I mean? Too, man. Me too. I mean, honestly, it was like, 
I was doing lots of therapy at the sort of same time as well. And that was all going on. The world was stopping. I wasn't doing this terrible comparison comparison thing with other actors. It was all just like the world stopped. I kind of took stock. And mm. I feel from that, I'm really like you. I'm just super grateful that I got I wouldn't do- be doing this right now if it wasn't for the pandemic. That's amazing. I dropped out of uni like three weeks before we went into lockdown and never wanted to act ever again. Wow. Okay. I was like, I'm so ready to become an accountant and not the spicy kind. <laughs> I do love a spicy accountant. But um, yeah, it's um, it's amazing, isn't it? It's amazing to give you that perspective. And I guess then the world opened up again and then work started to pick up. So it's like six months I didn't do an acting job and then it started to pick up. And then obviously life on set changed dramatically because there was just, you know, making sure there was no more than two people in a green room at one time. Yeah. Getting tested all the time, and I guess yeah. Since since then, it has changed things a lot. But thankfully, things have got busy-ish. I mean, I'm in a quiet moment at the moment, sort of just doing the old auditioning thing. But yeah, it's good, man. Life is good. I have to say, I've got four self tapes to film today, and I really can't be asked. Oh, mate. So any which ones do you want to do, and which ones can you not be asked? Oh, I want to do them all, but I'm just like you know, like when you're. Sort of like I did a play last month, but I'm not really counting that because I wrote it and I directed it and had to take over one of the roles. So I basically like I'm a nepotism baby. And like, do you know when it's just like I know the monologue because it's like one of those ones where it's just like prepare a piece. Like I know what I'm going to do, but physically getting up and performing it, I'm like, can't be bothered right now. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like just obviously you get that excitement. I don't know how you are with sub-tapes. I, I go through like sweet spots with them. I love that we're both vaping. Um, I, I normally don't... don't, but you gave me the permission. Yeah, 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 I've just, uh, given you the subliminal signal, haven't I? Um, yeah, like, sometimes I I love them. I get in a sweet spot and other times I get completely neurotic about it. And then I just go through this kind of, and that's not to shit you up before you do four self-tapes, but I, um, yeah, I, I sort of like get a bit in my head and then I miss being in the room and, 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 and you know, being able to talk to the director and get some redirection and do all that stuff. So mm. I kind of go in ways with it. Sometimes I love it. You self-direct. You've got, you know, you, your friend or your girlfriend helping you out. And it's super helpful. I don't know how you find that. One of them is that I'm doing today. It's an open casting call. I don't even know if I should, if they would. I don't know. I'll say it and then I'll, I'll decide if it stays in the edit. The National mm-hmm. Theatre of Scotland. And they have basically, they've asked for a a monologue and then a performance of a set text. And I can't work out whether the set text is a monologue or a poem. And I've Googled it and I can't find it anywhere. And I'm like, okay, how the fuck is this supposed to be performed? Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, you don't, no one's given you any kind of like, it's nice, isn't it? To go, this is the tone. This is context. Not even the tone, like a monologue and a poem are performed drastically differently. Right, exactly that. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing I'm talking about. It's like sometimes you don't you just need a, some guidelines. Yeah, I, just need, I, yeah. I need somebody to go, what the fuck are you doing? This is a poem. Why are you performing it like that? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Why are you performing this sort of in a, a dystopian 2123, uh the year 2123? <laughs> um yeah, it, so I guess it, it it's um it's kind of the new world that you've got to embrace as an actor. I'm just a, an old fogey these days and I I miss the old old school ways. Do you know what? I do feel like I've missed out on a trick though, because I'd never heard about these things until I interviewed someone the other day. In LA, 
they have this place. Do you know, like, have you ever seen the places that you go and you pay to get in and then there's like loads of sets to take Instagram photos? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's apparently loads of places in LA now, which there's just five or six studios that you pay to go in and film a self-tape with their cameras and all that. And I'm like, I've never heard of these. Do I need to find a premises? Wow. Actually, that's not a bad shout, is it? It kind of feels like it gives you the upper hand in many ways. And he was like, I go in, pay $50, and I'm filmed a self-tape in 20 minutes. Wow. Okay. That will be coming to the UK shores if it hasn't already within the next... I mean, I'm looking for places in London. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Let's get to Shepherd and Studios and get to, like, one of those, I don't know, big sets. But, like, I think I did a big show recently and, and, and they had lots of influencers, like, influencers days where the influencers would come and take pictures of the set. That's and it was, like, bullshit. it made it, like, a big thing, which I just find... Like a Black Mirror episode, I find that Keep crazy. the Instagrammers away from TV shows. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. Like... Just don't do it. like Because you know for a fact that, like, I'm going to guess it was The Crown you were doing? No, it was Bridgerton. Right, okay. There's going to be somebody that's like, takes it too far and, like, posts a picture of them showing their ass on the set and they're going to be, like, popping my pussy for Bridgerton, man. Yeah, oh, I've can, never yeah, seen yeah, the yeah. show. Yeah, but like, too, yeah, yeah totally out of the out of the realm of the show. I, I need to watch Bridgerton, though, because one of the friends of the pods in it, um, James Foon, and oh, obviously okay. I love Nicola Coughlin. So I yeah. feel like I've just slowly but surely went under the radar. I only watched The Crown for the first time when the Queen died. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm a massive TV buff, but things just pass under my radar. Oh, yeah, me too, mate. Me too. There's, lots, yes. there's, there's lots going on, you know, lots on at the moment that I just sort of... You know, I need to catch up on you. you get that ever-ending <laughs> ever list that's just yeah. uh, getting bigger and bigger. But I do like to ask everybody that comes on the podcast, how did you get into acting and what was your first ever role? Doesn't have to be a professional one. We love a good nativity story. Uh, there'll be, a, there's kind of two answers for this. Um, the first is, well, my dad's, my dad was a TV director and um, in like the 80s and 90s, he did lots of sitcoms. Mm-hmm. And I, there was a sitcom called Mog. I'd never seen it, but I, apparently I was like the regular baby in it of one of the uh, families. So I was like, you know, really in the in the biz for a so long time. So you're time. a real Nepo baby. I'm a real Nepo baby. <laughs> um, That's the episode title. Yeah, exactly. Nepo baby. Thank you. Print it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, so that I kind of, then I used to grow up watching him on sets and I was just like an attention seeker really. And I just love being on set. Like it was just so exciting. The idea of these like a mm. big studio and these amazing worlds. We used to go and watch, um, you know, be on these sets and be like, this is all make believe. Then I joined a youth group when I was like eight years old uh, at school from school. I had this mm. amazing um, teacher called Jules Burgess, who I'm still mates with now. And she like saw something in me. And you know that thing as an actor, when you have this sort of mentor, she saw something in me and then asked me to audition for, uh, they were doing Wizard of Oz at the Ivanino Theatre in Guildford. We all started in Wizard of Oz. We all did. We all lived the same life. Who are you? Do you the like ensemble? Yes, yeah, same ensemble. I was uh, Chef Munchkin. They they decided to give us job roles. I didn't have a name. I was third boy from the back that swayed too fast. Uh, you were you were you were fast swayer. Yeah, yeah. I was. Um, I was um, pretty bad at dancing, and um, they sort of put me to the back because I couldn't do any of the moves but that was kind of that that was in front of a big audience and I just remember being so 
fucking excited and yeah. that's where it started and, and then from there thankfully i'm still doing it after all these years still, still swaying in the background <laughs> still swaying, but yeah I'm still, I'm still in the background uh just just uh enjoying Wizard it. of Oz was traumatic I hated it yeah me too actually it was it, I don't think I would um touch many musicals again in my career it's not it's not my forte I can't sing but I was the only kid in like the only boy in school that like wanted to do drama so I got like all of the lead roles <laughs> yeah. like just just imagine a Danny Zuko that can't sing yeah I've seen one I've seen one <laughs> maybe it was you don't talk about John Travolta like that <laughs> <laughs> um but I want to, one of my favorite things to talk about, and obviously it sort of revolves around the podcast, is acting training, drama school, that sort of thing. And if I'm doing my research correctly, it may be wrong. You can feel free to tear me apart. You went to the Guildhall School of Music and Drama. I had to read that there. I forgot what it was. I was like, before the episode, I was like, okay, so he went here because I've got all my notes. And then I was like, what the fuck is that school called? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Not to be confused with Guildford, which often does get confused with. Yeah. Not there's anything wrong with Guildford. It's great school. Uh, yes, I went to Guildhall and it was great. I had a great time. One of my favourite things to talk about, just because like they're crazy and funny, and I think that they should comprise at least a sketch show or a sitcom very soon, are crazy and funny drama school stories. Do you have a story you can share with us? Because shit goes on behind those doors that people would not believe. May yeah. I mean, one of them is just an outright very funny one. The other one is borderline quite dodgy. So I'll go with the safe one. Uh, now, that sounds really ominous. It's not that bad. I, I was like, I want to know what's dodge. Who's getting um, arrested? Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll give you both and you can choose which you one. Don't you don't have to incriminate anyone, say anyone's name. I names. won't incriminate anyone. But one of them was we were doing, uh, we were in a session, we were doing what was called a wailing session, where basically we had to lie on top of each other and start like crying like from our diaphragms, we started like, it went from like laughing where we're, so we're all like in this kind of human centipede style, like lying on the floor, lying on top of each other's chests. And we're all like going, ha 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 ha. And then that turns into like a cry, a wail. And then uh, a guy in my year, I will not name him. He did a really big fart on me. <laughs> so it sort of vibrated through my stomach. Maybe he thought you were into that. And I think he thought, you know, we're in sort of human centipede set up. He thought, God, this will be hot. Um, a little bit then- kink to brighten the day. Bring the kink, bring the satin curtain, you know, bring all of that. <laughs> um, and yeah, so that was that was just, and then obviously after that, everyone went from wailing to laughing again, and it just ruined the whole exercise. The other one was when we were doing a restoration project. We were doing a restoration play. I don't know if you did them at drama school. The PTSD. Yeah, the P- yeah. That there you go. The Bow Stratagem. I fucking hated That's it. it. Exactly the Bow Stratagem. We did like the recruiting officer. I think it was called. And we had to do this session where we were sitting in uh, one of the rooms, and the the the, guy, the director, who was also like I think was head of acting, he lit loads of candles, and. We all had to do this exercise because apparently it's what they did back in the day to 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 court the other sex was we had to, the guys had to kneel down and start sucking the fingers of the females and like properly like putting them in their mouths, licking fingers, licking the whole all of the you know it was just at the time we were like you know you're 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 a you're a drama student you're like yeah yeah just just say yes just say yes just be open and I was we we had a reunion recently and we were talking about it. We we're like Man, that was fucked up like that was insane like that someone would get arrested for that now yeah exactly like he was sort of sitting in the corner and there's a sort of candle lit room in the middle of drama school and we're doing this sort of slightly dodgy finger sucking i had to suck the fingers of someone who had very clammy 
by Pans Ingram, and that was um that was traumatic in itself. I'm yeah. just gonna let you know that lecturer definitely touched himself to the thought of that later that day. I wouldn't have been surprised at all. Like you just provided all of his fantasies, apparently. Yeah, exactly. That's um that that's that's gone in the um. I'm not going to finish that sentence. <laughs> there is nothing like having a captive audience to just live out your sexual fantasies. Maybe he just was really into finger sucking. Yeah, I think that was his thing, and um, you know, good luck to him. Parting and finger sucking. I love that. That sums up your drama school experience. Yeah, exactly. That that is that is my tagline. Um, <laughs> and you got, you got two for the price of one there. So, a question that I love to ask everyone is: if a casting director came to you tomorrow and said, "Hey, I want to do a two-hander with you in the West End, but I don't know who I want to put you with," and you can pick any actor in the world who, but they have to be alive, who are you picking? Oh, that's a good question. Meryl Streep. Classic. It is a classic, but I just, I watched her. The first film has been around. I watched her in a film called The River Wild when I was like 10 years old. It's not the best film, actually, but she's just <laughs> incredible in it. And then I just became a bit fascinated with her. And then from that, I started watching later and I started watching like Sophie's Choice. And, and one of my favorite films is Kramer versus Kramer. And she's just phenomenon that and and she just she's supposed to be the kindest person I, I i know people who know her and yeah she's just an inspiration man Absolutely. i remember the story that jennifer lawrence told about her and she was like we were calling meryl the goat and we were like yes go and stand over there goat and she's like yes the old goat will go over there and they were like do you not know that that's like the greatest of all time and i love that somebody so <laughs> massively famous is so just unaware Right, that's it, exactly. Imagine calling Meryl a goat and being like, no, I meant a goat. Like, Yeah, and her just sort of accepting it and going like, <laughs> oh, it's sort of a playful, um, quite rude name that they've decided to call me, but I'm just going to go with that. It's really nice. I have to carry on my campaign purely because it's been going for so long now and it's um, borderline stalkerish, but I'm not going to give up um, Catherine Tate. Is she yours? Yeah. She'd make yeah. me look like a piece of shit and I'm totally at peace with that. Yeah, okay, okay. So how how is the campaign going? Not very well. Okay, Okay. Not very well at all. Okay. Um, I mean, Catherine, if you're listening, just do me a solid and come on the podcast and then I'll stop mentioning your name. Yeah. Okay. I'll um I'll talk to my guys. They'll talk to your guys. hundred. I will. I will suck your finger. Um, and I, I promise <laughs> I won't fart on you. Okay. No, I want you to. Um, no. Yeah. I, I, um, I hear she's wonderful to work with. And um, I mean, I grew up watching the Catherine Tate show um, and she is amazing. Mm. Well, after many hours of thinking about this, I've come to the conclusion that we can't do comedy if we do one together. Oh, uh, okay. We have to do Shakespeare because even though I'm still going to be down on the floor dog shit level, I understand the technicality of Shakespeare. So it will just be a just average performance. Whereas if I do comedy with Catherine, it's going to be Catherine's really great and this boy couldn't speak English. Yeah. And if we do Shakespeare, it's going to be Catherine was really great, phenomenal as normal. He was just fine. I think you're doing so a disservice there Ingram. no it, Catherine Tate will open her mouth and my jaw will hit the floor and I'll just be like what's my line yeah that will be your holy shit moment yeah like I, it won't be anything to do with my acting I'll just get starstruck yeah I, do, have you had that a lot in your life have you had those moments of being like you know I met RuPaul and can't remember meeting RuPaul I was totally sober I sort of blacked out yeah then you definitely have um, but like other than that I don't get nervous like I have interviewed well held conversation with because I'm not interviewing no one um, some of my idols and I don't get nervous like yeah. Susan Nixon who wrote two pints of lager and a packet of crisps my fucking hero like I grew up as a child of BBC Three like 
I was watching two pints when I shouldn't. And I was like, hi, Susan. How are you? But like, I feel like there's in person and over Zoom. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And also, do you find that just a lot of people just sound right? Mm. People just nice people. I spoke to Michael Harney about it, who was on Orange is the New Black, and he had a great um, frame of reference. He was like, everyone starts the day with their pants around their ankles. Right. I've heard I've heard something similar to that. And, and that stuck it, with me. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm now taking that everywhere I go. But Catherine, I promise I won't be a massive prick, just a little one. Oh, I shouldn't. On. Somebody's I... going to fucking crop that and make it sound like I've got a little dick. <laughs> you know I'm going to put all the good vibes for you that Tate will be on your show, mate. Honestly, I hope so. Catherine, I'm ready. I'd emailed yeah, in the show you're notes. You're um, we're going to play a game now. This is my favorite thing in the world. We were talking about drama school stories. These are three stories that have been submitted by uh, two of them in the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth and have been submitted by listeners. One's a big fat lie that's been made up by our producer, Heather. We've got to find the lie. I've got the answer in a sealed envelope. So I don't know, because if I'm not playing this game, nobody's playing this game. Okay, like it. Number one. During my final year of secondary school, I hired a professional director to direct my drama school audition speeches. One day I was coming out of her office with her in the city centre and her husband stormed over to us and punched me in the face. He accused her of having an affair with me. I had just turned 17. Wow. Number two, I went in for a meeting with my agent and she pulled my file out of a drawer and when she opened it, my headshot was at the front of the file and she'd drawn devil horns and a moustache on it with a sharpie. Okay. Number three, I auditioned for drama school on roller skates once. I thought it would make me seem quirky and memorable. I didn't get in. Okay. For me, I think B is the made up one. The Sharpie. The Sharpie. Yeah. Devil Horn Sharpie. Unless that was like some ironic gag. I feel like, mm. I feel like that might be the one. Do you know what, right? It's the obvious one that I'm going to go for. We don't have to agree. I'm going to go for number one, purely because... Yeah. Surely you would know it's a school child. Actually, Surely not. you know what your is did it yes, it said her husband. Surely you know what your wife's job is. Yeah, that's true. So 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 the husband went right up to this kid, punched him in the face, and said, You're having an affair. One day I was coming out of her office with her in the city centre and her husband stormed over to us and he punched me in the face. He accused her of having an affair with me. I mean it's so mad that I kind of almost want to believe that. Um, not I also kind of want the Sharpie one to be true because I think that's funny. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's di let's agree to disagree. I'll go for yeah. the one. You go for two. I'll maybe. go for one. Let's see what it is. I love these so much. And if you've got a story for stage right or stage shite at home, please go down into the show notes and click the link to the Google form uh, to make your story. Um, number one. It was number one. Yes. Well, yes for you. Damn. For someone me. did. Wow. On a Sharpie. Someone auditioned for drama school and roller skate. How have we skated out? Literally not a pun intended there. Skated around that. Ingram. How did we leave? How did we go around that? Like <laughs> what on earth possessed someone to, oh, I know what I'm going to do for my audition. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny one, which I think it kind of is almost becoming an urban legend now. A guild hall, someone auditioned as Gollum from the Lord of the Rings and decided that like, they would jump on different levels of the room and just become like, do the, my precious speech from Lord <laughs> of the Rings and was like, apparently just so in it. And then it went on and on and on. And all the people on the panel were just passing notes and like, how do we get this out of the drama? I take room? it they didn't get in. 
I don't think they got in, though. I think my best audition story that I've ever heard through the drama school dropout, uh, the stage writer stage shite, it was the other day, literally, it said, my friend went on an audition once and the director asked if her headshot was in the spotlight. I'm, I'm guessing it was old older story when it was a book. And the, apparently they replied saying, oh, no, we took these outside. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, bless him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, I think I love it because it's something I would do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, just to get outside. Yeah, just to get yeah. next to the sun curtain, really. And just yeah. uh, wait for it. I do have to just, for context, I have um, switched up my recording. The satin curtains came up a few times. and um, No, it's all good. My my desired effect was it for, for it to look like a stage curtain. I love it. I genuinely love it. But it's giving off more Amsterdam sex dungeon vibes, and I don't know how I feel about it. No, I, I, I think it's, it's shiny and sexy. I think it was good because before you could see half of my wardrobe and I had some photo frames up. And it blocked it a bit, but now it literally just looks like I've got like a a, a sub person in a cage at my feet. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do I want to talk to you about the crown. You were you played a massive part in the crown, and it slowly became one of my favorite TV shows. I started watching it when the Queen died. No, no correlation there. Um, yeah. but I, I have very controversial opinions about the crown. But what was it like for you to go and film that show? Because obviously it's a massive institution. Yeah, I mean what what was interesting is I mean it was a lovely part. Uh I was playing like the Queen's equery, so like her head footman and and it was um you know it was such a great experience to be on mm. it. Um, I did it for two seasons um, and it kind of changed my life because it got me like, got me my flat. It got, you know, got a couple of SAG awards from it, which, um, which was amazing. You were with Olivia, weren't you? I was with Olivia. Yeah. She was, she was the queen on, on, on Mm. our seasons. Um, It was kind of, if I'm honest, it was bittersweet because I had some lovely bits and a lot of them got cut. A lot of them ended up on the cutting room floor, but the experience I got from being around all those, ne- all those people, you know, Olivia, Helena Bon Carter, Gillian Anderson, you know, like just to completely name drop all of those. It's fine. Um, I'm picking them up and trying to put them in my back pocket. <laughs> and, um, and what I found was just standing by the monitor because I got to do that a lot. There was a lot of time where I was like, come in, do my little bit and then go off. And then I was sort of waiting until the end of the scene when I come back in mm. and, and and take whoever I need out of the room. Um, that sounds like I'm taking them out, shooting the shit out. <laughs> um, it's fine. But, Somebody's playing Margaret Thatcher. I think people would cheer. Yeah, yeah. There's probably some would have appreciated that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I would watch at the monitor and I was just watching like Olivia's technique, you know, like not prepping. Not, she, she would prep, but she would sort of just be open for everything that would happen in the scene. You know, watching the way different people worked was just the best lesson mm. ever. And um, for me, I'm a director as well. So for me, like watching it with that hat on was really important. So I didn't I'm know so, you were a director. I'm kind of I'm at my the beginnings. I've directed... any jobs coming up? I am available. Work pretty cheaply. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, um, I'll get you and Catherine Tate in uh, in a little uh, short film. Um, Spotlight pin is thirty five seventy. I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Here's my voice reel as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so for that it was it was super exciting. But I, I love that job. I love what it gave me. 
Definitely. And I do have to ask, just because everybody that I talk to about it has a different answer, Claire Foy, Olivia Coleman, or Imelda Staunton, who's your favourite queen? Oh, and you don't have to pick the one that you acted with. She doesn't listen. Oh, God. Um, so, interestingly, I have to be a bit careful about what I say, because my girlfriend's mum is Imelda Staunton. Fuck so, off! So I, um, I will be... I'll say Imelda. I'll say Imelda. Because oh, wow. she's great as well. The, the, I'm going to just say this. They're all great. But I kind of like have a little crush on Olivia Coleman. I mean, Olivia is as nice and as brilliant in real life as you see on screen. Like, Do you know she... what's really awkward? I go said on. the wrong name. <laughs> yeah. Okay, go on. I think Claire Foy is the best. I love that. I mean, I, I'm but gonna... I think it's because it's from a queen that I didn't know. I think what a lot of people are saying is the closer it gets to like, you know, when we've actually remembered like, yeah. you know, getting into the 90s now and a lot of us are, uh, know those memories, know those mm. times uh, of, you know, the royal family. And I think having that distance is quite helpful. And I just thought Claire Foy was just insane. So good. Have you seen the TikTok that's going about and it's this guy and he's so funny and he just constantly impersonates Elizabeth Debicki's Princess Diana? Uh, no, I need to see oh, it. I will send you the TikTok. I'll um, find it. And I'll say, it's so funny. He's got the voice down, but says the stupidest shit. <laughs> It'd be like, oh, there's Camilla, and like turn yeah. the camera around, and it's like a picture of a horse. Amazing! I, like, I love it. I'd like to think I perfected the Diana. Like, all right, all right. Um, that you know, is like, good. Emma Emma Corrin played her in like season three and yeah. four, and 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 she would be sort of rehearsing like back backstage, whatever. When when she wasn't on 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 mm. set, she'd be doing like lots of the practicing the voice, and I was always like listening. And she's just yeah, I just mm. I just. Uh, mimicked her a lot all right do you have a, a favorite behind the scenes moment that we necessarily wouldn't know about not like per se i reckon what was just really cool about that job was that we all hung out a lot between mm. takes like we'd all just sort of sit there and play games josh o'connor liked to uh I love josh yeah he's amazing he used to play like a game where we would be like it's basically like catch and throw and catch or whatever you want to call it. Like we just have a ball around, but we just like play a lot of those kind of games, play cards, like just have chats. It was really like, you know, ensemble to use a drama yeah. school. Uh, <laughs> um, Do you know, I think Josh is part of my favorite crown experience, right? So like everyone obviously ages up as the seasons go along. Yeah. And I thought like we went from Emma Corrin to Elizabeth Debicki, Olivia Coleman to Imelda Staunton. And I was like, oh, they're, they're like, they're not that much older. And then I was like, oh, Charles has had a hard paper wrap. <laughs> no offense to the actors. Obviously he was just older than Josh. And I was like, that age up seems slightly larger. Yeah. Larger than that. Yeah. Yeah. You have to uh, suspend your belief a bit, don't you? Yeah. I was like, he couldn't have pulled her. Definitely yeah. not. Exactly. Josh could have, but he couldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Again, that's really horrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, they've gone. They've gone a bit different, haven't they? With um, Dominic West, who I think is a brilliant actor, but it's mm. sort of yeah, it's interesting. I need to finish uh, season five. Actually, I'm sort of halfway through, but so far it's it's pretty pretty damn good. I think they've done it, and I didn't realize it was the end of the season. And I think they it was it felt different from other seasons because I felt like you could feel like oh, this is a finale episode, whereas the finale of season five didn't. And I feel like they're going to try and make it like one long season with five and six. Yeah, five and six. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm excited for six. It's going to be a good one. Very yeah. good one. I've I've seen some of the behind the scenes. 
Matthew. Well, it leaked. I didn't. I'm not seeing anything that anybody else has. Enough. I'm not in with Netflix. I just have Twitter. <laughs> um, did you steal anything from the set? Did I steal anything from the set? No, I tried to steal the badges. I have like I had a load of badges for mm. my uniform, and I was like, that'll be a nice little momentum. A uh, memento, I should say. Um, and it's fine. I love a momentum. Yeah, I love a momentum. I was it was it was half between between a momentum and totem, and I just went. Uh, my dyslexia didn't know how to recognise that word. <laughs> um, no, I didn't, and 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 because they're all like handmade uniforms, they're all like made just for that job. So they've got them in like this big storage room um, somewhere in uh, Elstree Studios, I think. And uh, yeah, so it's like it's like Mission Impossible trying yeah, to. Yeah, they were like, that. you'll like, see these in a museum one day. Exactly, they're going to be at the fucking V&A one day. But <laughs> not, not in your bedroom. But not in my bedroom next to my bed. <laughs> you've had such a successful career already and you're joining Bridget and you've done the Crown SAG Awards. Um, but what has been your biggest what the fuck is happening moment? There's been a few. Like, I think one of my biggest what the fuck moments was when I was, I, and now unfortunately it's been slightly tainted, um, but I did a play at the Old Vic when I was like 25 or 26. And I was uh, starring opposite Kevin Spacey in the show. Um, and I just remember he's playing my lawyer in this play. And I remember being on stage. And I think we were like two months into the run. And I'm sitting there and 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 it's basically the story, to cut a long story short, the stories about my teachers being put on trial for teaching creationism in Bible Belt America in the 1920s. And um, they didn't like that, apparently. Um, And Kevin plays um, a lawyer who's defending me and defending uh, Darwin. And there's just this moment on stage where I'm sitting there, Kevin's to the right of me. I'm on the old Vic stage. I'm looking out and I'm like, this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. And then I'm like, I can't remember my fucking line. What's my line? What's my line? Oh my God, it's coming. It's coming. It always happens. And it is, it's just, as soon as you're like, yeah, as soon as you're aware, it's, it can be the worst thing. And I've done it. I don't, we know, we, I think we've done like a, a good fucking 60 performances already. <laughs> I just blanked. I just completely blanked. And then thankfully it was like, it's coming. It's two lines away. It's one line away. And then it just came out of my mouth. Yeah. But just just that moment of going like just being so present in in well not being present to the, to the play but just present to how wonderful the experience yeah. was. that was my moment definitely I hate fucking moments like that see that when you just have made such a silly mistake like I remember doing Vanity Fair last year and yeah. I was playing George Osborne and um oh what the fuck's the the teacher's name one of the teachers at the beginning of the play and I, I had to do the opening movement piece run backstage, get into this massive skirt, blouse, wig and hat. And I then for the first scene, I had to bring on the book. If I didn't bring on this book, I wasn't like the play was fucked, basically. Like the whole thing revolved around this book. Second night, I forgot the book. And I was like, fuck, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And I spied. I was like, I've got two options here. I'm really close to the audience. I take one of their programs or Mm -hmm. I turn around and get a piece of paper off this desk and fold it in half. And I almost went for the program. But then I was like, no, just turn around. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah, just turn around. Yeah. But there was part of me that still thinks to this day, I should have just grabbed somebody's program. That would have been epic. Yeah, yeah, really like, yeah, meta, super yeah. meta. Break mm. that fourth wall, 
yeah and just be like an, an audience participation mm-hmm. i once did a shakespeare play where um oh what shakespeare play it was uh, the merchant of venice and i was playing bassanio and there was a bit where i had to make this like big statement at the end of a scene and i blanked and i just went okay let's go and just like stormed off stage and then just like blanked so, but you can't it's really hard to style out like you know it's hard to improv like, shakespeare it's really hard to improv shakespeare so i really wish i'd um i thought something a bit more creative than okay let's go exit <laughs> pursued by a bear yeah oh, <laughs> there's a bear ah. <laughs> Um, we're coming up to graduation season and I think it's roughly about seven and a half thousand people that graduate every year. Um, it's very scary because that means I've been graduated for a year and I've done nothing. Um, so what's one piece of advice that you'd give to anyone graduating this year? Live your, live a life outside of acting is my tip. Cultivate a life that's just full, that doesn't, isn't just about acting. Don't make it everything you live for. Because for two reasons, one, go and live your life because it makes you a better actor, getting all that life experience. And two, if you just live and everything's about the job, I've seen it consume so many people and make them go insane. And I think it's really important to, yeah, cultivate a life that gives you uh, a lot of happiness around that. And I learned that lesson myself, particularly we talked, you know, I talked about therapy with you at the beginning of the thing. A lot of that was about pressure about yeah. you know putting undue pressure on myself and i think it's really important to 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 find your life don't know how you found that but i think life outside i haven't it. found oh, it okay fair enough i am consumed by the almighty acting industry at the moment and it's something that i'm working on but i feel like yeah. when you start out you kind of have to be consumed by it yeah i mean don't get me wrong it's like you you live and breathe it absolutely but just i think my advice is just Make sure that as time goes on, you ingratiate yourself with people that are outside the industry. I look yeah, at those actor friends, um, but I, I, it's important to me to have other people that have other walks of life. And, oh yeah, like and my core group of friends, like my best mates, none of them are actors. Don't understand the industry. I did a play last year, and I was like, "Do you want to come? It's quite funny. Like it's up your street." And they were like, "I've never been to the theater before." Oh wow! I was like, "Buy a fucking ticket, dickhead." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But my piece of advice, because I say it every week, just because sometimes we get people who only specifically come for the guest and then never come back because I'm a dick. Um, don't be scared to send that email. Don't be scared to ask the questions. My life motto is shy bends get fuck all. Um, if you don't ask, you will never get. Just on a, a podcast basis, I've had some of my idols and heroes just because I asked nobody is standing around going hey can I come on your podcast so I guess the moral of that is don't be scared to be a pick me bitch I'm a massive pick me bitch and I love it yeah I think that is such a that is a really good piece of advice I think for a long time I was too proud and thought the world owed me something Mm -hmm. and that I should wait and actually I learned that no don't be proud Mm -hmm. do exactly what you just said because it is yeah, you're right. You have to, if you're working and you'll hear time and time again from some of the biggest actors, you'll hear like, because I did the work, because I hammered down those doors, because I asked the questions, because I put myself in put myself in the right places to be seen. Mm. And 100%. I think that is a great advice. Absolutely great. 
I remember writing to agents last year and I said to one of my lecturers, I was like, how do I write this email without sounding like a pick me bitch? And they were like, well, you can't, you have to be a pick me bitch. Like if you're not selling every quality that you have, nobody's going to pick you. Yeah. And I was like, ah, okay. And then they sort of turned me around and went, I know where you're coming from. You don't want to be irritating to people. But the worst thing that somebody can say to you is no. Right. And if you've got the skin, the thick skin to just, you know, say that that that's what this industry is. There's so many no's. We know that. And I think you have to get used to that, don't you, as an actor? You just 100%. have to get, yeah. yeah, get used to it. And then we move on. We go again. So, yeah. Advice for this week is don't be scared to be a pick me bitch. Send the email, but also get a life outside of acting. Yes, exactly that. Please. I think that's pretty concise. And I think people, if people follow that, you'll find success. Yeah, absolutely. It will. We have a closing tradition on the podcast where I ask the previous guests to leave a question for the current guest. They don't know who they're asking and you won't know who you're asking. But the question that has been left for you is, what would your eight-year-old self say about your life now? Ah, that's a good one. It's interesting because I think it's changed. Like maybe a few years ago, my eight-year-old self would have said, you're not where you want to be in your career. You should be at this level. And I think in the last sort of three or four years, my eight-year-old self would now say, mate, you've done it. You've, mm. you've, you've done what you needed to do. You've, 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 you've sustained a career. You've had a nice career. You've done some wonderful things. It's taking you around the world. You've got lovely people in your life. You've got a lovely flat from, from doing this job that you wanted to do since you were eight years old, because that's when I actually wanted to start acting. And... Yeah, and and I think my eight-year-old self would be very, very pleased with where I got to. I think mine would say, thank fuck we've got the Amsterdam sex dungeon we've always wanted. Exactly, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Bucket list shit. Um, No, I think, quite frankly, my eight-year-old self would shit himself if he saw what I was doing. Really? Like, he'd be so excited. Yeah. Mate, you're you're absolutely smashing it. Like, it's not even that. It's just, on a life-wise, I'm good. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. it wasn't that for a long time. Um, yeah, well, same. I think same for me, mate. I think it was absolutely like, it's just the gift of getting older and having more self-awareness and doing the work on yourself. We don't it? like the old word on this podcast. <laughs> Get, getting wiser. Getting wiser. Okay, we'll go. My birthday's that. next month and I'm going to slip my wrists. <laughs> Happy birthday, don't slip your wrists. No, I won't, but I'll just start lying about my age. <laughs> How old are you going to be, Ingram? I'm going to be 21. You're going to be 21. No, I'm not. I'm going to be 25. Okay. Well, listen, mate, I'm 38. So. uh, Fuck off. No, you're not. Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm 38. And soon to be 39, by the way. So I'm glad that was your response. I did not. I had you pegged as like a couple of years older than me. Stop it. I really did. And this isn't just me trying to get in the Brighton flat. Yeah. Um, I can bring the dungeon. Bloody sex dungeon. Yeah, exactly. I can bring it with me. It all folds down. It's, it's a fold away. Amazing. I can, I can get it in a hold all. No, I didn't have you pegged as 38. Yeah, yeah, mate. Experience. Season pro, I like to think. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't like it. Um, I would quite like to just, I do lie about my age and then my mum tells people my real age. Well, I can promise you this, Ingram. 30s, your 30s is an amazing, I mean, you're not even close to it yet, but it just gets better. I promise. I just feel like 25 is like that no longer, like now I'm an adult. Yeah, there definitely is that. But um, And with the pandemic as well, one thing that I do like to bitch about it, even though I had a really great pandemic in the grand scheme of, uh, the grand scheme of things, yeah. I went into the pandemic as a 21-year-old and came out as a 24-year-old. 
Oh yeah, mate. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like I lost that. Like I feel like the onus of starting to sort your life out starts when you're about 16, but then mm. I, you're allowed to sort of fuck about until you're about 21 and then you have to sort yourself out. Like, yeah. I feel like I lost that time and now people expect me to have all the answers. And I'm like, I give myself food poisoning on the regs. I mean, all I'd say to that is you're also an actor, so you can kind of suspend your um, getting older as long as you like. That's yeah, I'm 22 to everybody that wants to know. Yeah. And also we we got to be big kids. It's our, our profession anyway. You Sam's know, 19. I'm 22. Yeah, exactly. I am 19. I'm regressing as the years goes on. I'm getting, <laughs> you know, the therapy's help. But Jesus, I still feel <laughs> 21 anyway. What question would you like to leave for the next guest? But what's coming up next for you? Obviously, the new season of Bridgerton. Yeah, mate, I've got a really so that's that's exciting. It's got a, I've got a really nice part in that, and that's out later this year. And then just auditioning uh, at the moment, and I'm. Directing. I feel like I'll have to get you back on once I've watched Bridgerton because I was doing like my research, and I was like, I don't know what any of this is, and I've not watched it. That's okay. I mean, so you'll have to come back for a part two. I will. I, that's that's a lovely thing. I will do that. And and it's uh, I hadn't watched. A lot of it before uh, I got the role, truthfully. But um, yeah, so that's that's coming out. So I'll be sort of like, yeah, doing some press in the lead up to that. And then um, I'm directing a short film in uh, the summer. Um, again, and, I am available for work. And again, you are available <laughs> and, and, and the Sex Dungeon. And um, yeah, so so that's exciting. And then I'm doing a, a few bits and bobs uh, that are like not um, firmed up yet, but hopefully mm. in the next few weeks they will be. And where can everyone follow you on social media to keep up with what you do? Um, I have an Instagram. Uh, I have an Instagram. So I'm like fucking forty nine. <laughs> I have an Instagram. Um, I oh god, I forgot what it fucking Samos Philippos. Oh, thank you. It's Samos Philippos or Philippos. Samos. Oh right, sorry. How dare yeah. you, Ingram? Somebody um, I asked somebody once, and they were like, "Oh my god, what's my Instagram?" And now, ever since that, I have had them written down. <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for writing that down. So Samos Philippos on Instagram. And I think on Twitter, it's like Sam Phillips, 1984. He looks... I'm leaving Twitter. Yeah, me too, mate. I, I Well, I think I'm just, I'm never really on it anyway. I just go on it for like news articles. Do you know, I really like Twitter. I'm like a massive, like my guilty pleasure is reality TV. So every night while I'm watching Love Island, I've refresh because i think that's the best part you see all the memes and shit but now i literally just go on and it's just people telling trans people they don't deserve to live and i'm like this is, is just getting a bit grim yeah it really is um uh, you know a cesspit of fucking hatred mm. of it, isn't it and yeah 100 percent. really but i'm leaving twitter you're on cameo anything like that I was on Cameo. Uh, I did a little bit on that, but I, I, yeah, stopped doing that now. But thank you so much for coming on. Genuinely, it's been such a pleasure. Pleasure, pleasure, pleasure. You're, yeah, like I say, you're absolutely smashing it. I'm really, I love, I've had a, a couple of episodes, and including James Foon and my friend Kieran Griffiths. Well, Kieran is fucking friends with everyone. Well, I so it's interesting with Kieran. I mean, I, I haven't seen Kieran for years, but I yeah. used to be Ben Bat. Used to be me and Ben Bat used to be uh, like Bezzy mates, and I go up and see Ben in Manchester. We such a massive shameless fan. I love. Ben oh yeah, Bat. yeah. I I think I, I remember that episode. Um, you saying that, and um, yeah, he's oh mate, I love him. He's, he's I feel like every actor that I talk to goes, oh yeah, I did this because Kieran's episode or Kieran told me it was good, and I'm like, yeah. how the fuck does this man know oh, everyone? Connected, connected, definitely. <laughs> um, lovely to speak to you. Ingram. Yes, hundred really percent. Nice. Have a lovely day. Oh no, I know what I was going to say. Um, if you're ever up in Glasgow, first rounds on me, and then I can give you the tour of the sex dungeon. Yes, I'd love to see it live. But second round on you because you're the working actor. Sure. 
<laughs> but I'll let you get back to normal life. Thank you so much for coming on. Genuinely, it's been such a pleasure. Lots of love, mate. Lots have of a love. lovely day. And there we have it, another episode of Drama School Dropout, episode 143 completed. Thank you so much to Sam for coming on the podcast, and make sure to follow us both on social media, which you'll find down in the show notes below. And if you're enjoying the podcast, why not tell someone about it? Leaving a rating and a review on the show will recommend us to other listeners and help us grow, and it means the world. You don't know how much it helps. If you've got a story for Stage Right or Stage Shite, please click the link to the Google form in the show notes below, or email us at dramaschooldropoutpod at gmail.com to submit your story. Don't forget that you can now become an official Drama School Dropout by signing up to our Patreon using the link in the show notes below. I'll be back again next week with a brand spanking new episode. Have a great week. Stay safe. I love you. Drama School Dropout No graduation day for you Drama School Dropout Fucked your whole course Now try something new Drama School Dropout